Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It is bright in here. <laughs> it is bright. <laughs> I guess because I had my eyes closed and I opened them back up, but I knew it was bright. Amen. So we are here in this place. Amen. So we're going to uh, continue along the uh, theme of uh, abiding in Christ, the true vine. And uh, first, uh, thank you, Joan, for bringing the word last week. Um, that'll post uh, in, a, in a couple next week. And I know it'll be hard for you, but listen to yourself, right? Because none of us really like listening to ourselves. But it, it, it's good. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Amen. So, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it was it was definitely a good word. And I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to be up here long. And the reason why I'm not going to be up here long, because, you know, I can under, I was reminded this week, just, you know, studying it, it popped in my spirit that, you know, sometimes when we talk about true vine, we talk about not true vine, but fruits, holiness, sometimes it could be hard on our flesh, right? And it could be a lot coming at us because sometimes we can fall asleep, start to get sleepy. So if you start to get sleepy, stand up, stretch. Look, we got plenty of room now, right? <laughs> Right. But, you know, um, that's OK, because in the Bible, somebody fell asleep on Paul. Right. But but Paul. Yeah. Fall out the window. Exactly. Yeah. But Paul was preaching a long time. He was preaching a long time. But, you know, it happens. Right. Um, and I was reminded even when we were traveling down to Florida, my wife reminded me. I know sometimes she think I don't listen to her, but she <laughs> reminded me in the sense of that. You know, even though I'm talking about the fruit, I took it for granted that everybody knew what the fruit was, right? Um, and most of us probably do. If not, we all do. But we're all familiar with the fruit as far as love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, kindness, self-control, and faithfulness, right? That, that's, that's the fruit, right? And, and that's important because that is the character of Christ. And that is the character we t we're to take up. And the only way we can take up the character of Christ is by abiding in a true vine. We have to have a relationship with Christ and we have to stay in that relationship with Christ because if we don't, then guess what? Our carnal nature will start to rise up. And, and, and that's when we start to wither away. And what we, have to, we have to make time to abide in the vine because it is hard on our flesh. It is hard to bear fruit. I am going to say that. It is hard to bear fruit. And I know sometimes I can get up here and I can speak and I can make it sound easy. Saying all it is, is all we got to do is just abide in the vine. But sometimes it can be hard. Right? Because we have this flesh. Right? But we have to understand that it's, uh, you know, the fruit is vital. It's important. Right? Because if we don't take on the character of Christ, then we're in danger on taking on the character of the world. Right. Because there's no middle ground. There's no in between in that aspect. Right. So the fruit shows we are disciples of Christ and are connected to the true vine. And we talked about who the true vine was. True vine is Jesus Christ. The true vine is Jesus Christ. And the true vine is the what? The word. Right. Because the word is Jesus. Right. We learn that from John chapter one. Right. And we'll delve into that later. But. It is the fruit we bear that brings glory to God, which shows we are his. Let's turn to John 15, uh, verse 8. And I'm going to actually read it from the Amplified. And the reason why I'm going to read it from the Amplified, because it brings it out more on why it's vital for us to uh, bear fruit. 
Gospel of John 15, verse 8. And I'm going to read it again from the Amplifier. John 15 verse 8 says, My Father is glorified and honored by this. My Father is glorified and honored by this. What is He honored by? When you bear much fruit. Everybody point to ourselves. When I bear much fruit. That's what brings glory to the Father. Right? We look for all sorts of things to try to bring glory to the Father. And Jesus right here in His own words is saying, My Father is glorified and honored by this. When you bear much fruit, why is it important? And prove yourselves to be my, my true disciples. Amen. Right? Again, it's not about the works that we do. Right? But it's about bearing fruit. That's how we show we are true disciples of Jesus Christ. By bearing fruit. Right? So, if we have to, we, and, and I touched on this before, uh, I believe I did. Um, I'm pretty sure I did, but I'm going to touch on it again. Some of this is going to be reviewed, but why don't we hear about the fruit a lot? When we, when we come to church, why don't we hear about the fruit a lot? And, you know, I reflected and I went back into the YouTube to when, uh, with those when we were ministering in the house, that um, when I did the teaching on the fruit of the Spirit, we spent two months on that. We spent two months on that, and we spent even longer on holiness. But I guarantee you, when we come to churches a lot, we will hear more about the gifts of the Spirit than we will the fruit. And it is the fruit that brings glory to the Father. So we have to ask ourselves, why don't we hear it? Because it's hard on our flesh. It's hard on our flesh. Right? And, it, and we learn in Galatians 5 that we have to do what? We have to crucify our flesh. And it hurts to crucify our flesh. Right? And we make all sorts of excuses on why we can't. And this is why we, 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 you know, we look at uh, Peter and other people in the Bible and we look at their shortcomings. Why? Because we want to compare ourselves to them. But understand that God wants us to come up. Right? Does it mean we're going to be perfect? No. Nope. No, nope, we're not going to be perfect. Right? We're going we're gonna to make our mistakes, but we don't stay in imperfection. Right? But we have to continue to, to, to uh, bear fruit. And again, the fruit is not the works, right? Because sometimes, or oftentimes, and the problem is this, we in the church, leaders, pastors, we have made an example. We have given people a license to live by works a lot of time. And many of us in here probably live by works and don't even realize it. So I, I said, uh, I think a few Wednesdays ago, that if we, if we did nothing, if we did nothing, Except be born again. If we did nothing and we still feel that we're not connected to the Lord, if we don't do this and this and this, something's wrong. Because we don't come into connection to the, we don't come into relationship with Christ by our works. Right? He still loves us. Now, it's like I said a couple weeks ago, our fruit will lead us to do good works. Right? It's not that we don't do any works, but we don't allow the works to bring us closer to the Lord. Amen. Right? Because we know that in James it says what? Faith without works is dead. Right? But we have to allow the fruit to, to grow in us. And again, that's not easy. That's not easy. A lot of times we want to take the shortcut in that. Right? Um, 
So let's turn to Micah chapter 6. Micah chapter 6. Or your table of contents, because I know many of us don't read that too often. We're going to just read one verse there. Micah chapter 6 verse 8 says this. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's fruit right there. Right now, prior to this, because we didn't read it, but you can read Micah 6 on your own. Right? <laughs> That's your homework assignment. But prior to this, it's almost Micah goes into almost like a, a courtroom. Right? And it's almost like Israel... Or Judah is making excuses on, you know, like, okay, well, we give you offering, we make sacrifices to you, and they're basically telling God that's still not good enough for you. What, what else do you want? But God's not asking them for all that. God is asking them to do what? To, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Right? That right there is bearing the character. Right? That's what he's requiring of us. Right? So Hosea 6.6 6 says this. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. So that again leads to it's not about works. Right? So we have to abide in him. And like I said, as we abide in him and we bear fruit, now that leads us to do good works. But it's not about the works. And here's the thing about the mercy. Sometimes, oftentimes, that mercy is actually our sacrifice. When somebody does us wrong and we still forgive them and show mercy, that's requiring a sacrifice from us. But again, that's hard to do, right? When somebody does us wrong, right, especially somebody we know, somebody at work or whatever, they do us wrong, we want to cut them off. Ain't that right, mother? Yes. We want to cut them off. I see you smiling back there, but we can't do that. Right? So that requires a sacrifice on our part. Yes. But, Pastor, that's too hard. I can't do that. And see, these are the same excuses we make for other things, right? This same excuses we make for even people who are abound in pornography, mm. adultery, it's too hard. Or drug addiction. Yeah. Son, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand how you're right. I wasn't ever addicted to drugs. But let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. See, we got to stop making excuses on our shortcomings. Right? And I know this might offend some of us, but that's okay. <laughs> because if, if I don't offend, then I'm not doing my job. Because the word is going to offend. All right, we're going to skip around here. Hebrews 11, and we will probably start at, let me see, verse 13. We there? Amen. All right, Hebrews 11, 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek, seek a homeland. Verse 15. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, 
they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So let's go back up to verse 15. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. So in other words, they could have looked back like Lot's wife. They could have looked back. Right? And that's what we do sometimes. It's too hard. You don't understand. Well, I'm sure it was hard for them. Because guess what? They were moving forward trying to see the Messiah, waiting for the Messiah to come, and they didn't see the Messiah. But yet, they still died in faith. They didn't look back. And guess what he says here in 16? God is not ashamed to be called their God. That means there might be some of us he may be ashamed of. But, 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 you don't understand. I, I, you don't understand. I'm addicted to pornography. You know, let's keep going down. Um, let's turn to, stay there. We're going to stay in 11. Uh, 24, 24. Verse 24, 24 to 26. All right. Uh, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. So in other words, Moses could have enjoyed the pleasures of sin. Let's say Moses could have been addicted to drugs, pornography, alcohol, fornication, adultery. Well, I'm going to stay in that sin. But no, Moses chose the harder walk. He chose God. Right? But you don't understand. So Moses didn't understand? Moses was living in the palace. He was actually in our White House. Right? Well, we would consider our White House. That's where Moses was. But Moses says, nope. I'm going to go and I'm going to do what's right with my people. Yeah. He didn't forsake God. I'm pretty confident God was not ashamed of Moses yeah. to be his God. Right? But, Pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand. Well, I'm sure Moses didn't understand, right? <laughs> Let's go to 33. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured. Others were tortured. Others were tortured, but it's too hard. But yet, they were tortured. Why? Others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance. So their relationship, their walk with God was so good, so strong, they didn't accept deliverance. But it's too hard for me to abide in the true vine. It's too hard for me to bear fruit. Okay, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might attain a better resurrection. Yes. Still, others had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, 
and of chains and imprisonments. Imprisonment. They were stoned. They were stoned. They weren't turned on God. They were stoned. They were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. Sawn in two. Jewish tradition says Isaiah the prophet got sawn in two by Hezekiah's son. And it says that, that, that Isaiah prophesied it to Hezekiah. Isaiah said, no, let it go. You begged for 15 more years. God knew what he was doing. <laughs> right? They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. We stop right there. So God's not ashamed to be called their God. The world was not worthy, but yet we make excuses on why we can't abide in the true vine. Right? We make excuses on why we can't show mercy to people. When Jesus sacrificed his life, again, us showing mercy to those who do us wrong, that's our sacrifice. Right? And I know we've all had different salvation experiences, right? But I've said it before, you know, when I got saved, I got saved before I went to the church that night. I had to get understanding of it once I went to the church that night. But I cried my heart out to the Lord. And he purged me. He cleansed me. Just like he said in John 15. He, he cleansed me. Right? Now, I talked about the fruit of the Spirit being the character of Christ. But the fruit shows us our maturity. So we can mature in the Lord as much as we want to. But it's going to be determined on how much time we're going to spend with him. How much time we're going to be in his word. Right? Because some of us in the church, we think because I've been saved for 15, 20 years, I'm maturing the Lord. No, you're not. Amen. Because right. guess what? If you're not bearing fruit, you're not mature. Amen. And there's different portions of fruit, and we'll get to that probably not today, but we'll get to that. Right? Because some of us may have more joy than others. Yes. Some of us may actually have more Faithfulness than others. Yes. Right? But we should all have faithfulness, but some of us may have more faithfulness than others. That is the purpose of when he was talking about the seed and the sower. Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. Yes. Right? But we always attribute that sometimes to money, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And the, and, and, and the material blessings and things like that when it has nothing to do with it. And Jesus said it right there that it is the word, and we'll, we'll come to that. Maybe not today, but we'll come to that. But we have to understand the true vine is the word. So we have to spend time in his word. And as we spend time in his word, he begins to cleanse us. And again, it's that mirror. Yeah. Right? So even though I may not be doing right, oh, now the conviction comes in. Why? Let's go to Hebrews 4 and 12. Very familiar text, right? 4, 12, and uh, 13. All right, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this. For the word of God is living. Right? So we talked about John. How John says, well, I'm going to read it. 
Maybe I'm going to read it. <laughs> I had it in my notes. I guess I could turn to it. And, never mind. I just turned to it in my. Uh, keep you. Y'all stay there. In uh, four. Verse one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Going down to verse fourteen. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's Jesus. Right? So when we read the word, we have to understand the word is alive. So how do we know the word is alive? Revelation 1.18 says this. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. So Jesus is alive. That means when we read our Bible, it's alive. Right? So we have to understand that. So sometimes when we read the Bible, we just think sometimes, you know, we all be guilty of it. I say I can be guilty of it. Just words on the page. But it's alive. It's alive. Right? So the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, it's living, and it's powerful. What does powerful mean there? Powerful in the Greek there means it's active. Right? So as we read the word, it becomes active in us. Right? Not only as we read the word, but as we minister to other people, we should be given in the word. Why? Because it's alive. Why? Because it's active. But we want to give them all sorts of other things instead of just giving them the word and allow the word to work. Why is it important for us to give the word? Let's keep going right there. In verse 12, because it is sharper. Sharper there in the Greek means a single stroke, like a hot knife cutting through butter. You ever see those Japanese swords? Real quick, one stroke. It cuts through. That's what the word is doing. When we give the word to somebody, especially our family members, this is what we thought we, we can be guilty of. What we do instead of just giving the word to allow the word to be alive and active in them, we want to do another word, which is we want to chop them up. <laughs> we want to chop them up. Right? There's, a, there's another Greek word for that. We want to chop them up. Boom, boom, boom. And what we're doing is we're beating them down. So now we start to work the word instead of allowing the word to work. Right? But we got to give them the word because the word is alive. And see, we think that we have to do so much and do everything. I figured y'all laugh at that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the word of God is living. It's powerful, meaning it's active. It's sharper, meaning a single stroke. Then it to us were piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and joints of the mall. And is what? It is a discerner. Right? So what does the sermon mean? Skilled in judging. We want to judge other people and we want to think that they're ready to receive Christ when the word is alive and is the discerner. When we give the word to somebody, the word begins to work in them because the Lord knows their heart. So he knows whether or not they're going to accept it or reject it. But we do, we want to do what? We want to chop them up. We can't chop them up. When we chop them up, that causes pushback. I speak from experience. Right? It causes pushback. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> what are you even thinking about you? <laughs> and I say that because before I got saved, there were other people that would try to chop me up with the word. 
No. We got to allow the word to work. Right? We come up with all these sorts of things. Why can't we just give them the word? Right? So, it is a discerner, skilled in judging, of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That word intense means understanding. So that means when we allow the word to go to work, right, it's penetrating their heart. Because the word knows. We think we know, but we don't know. The word knows. And then when we lead somebody to the Lord, we want to receive the glory. No. Because truth be told, none of us lead anybody to the Lord. Because the Bible says the Father leads them to Christ. So we don't know who it is, which is why we got to give them the word. And see the word with the uh, Philip and the eunuch. See, we use that a lot of times, but what was happening? The eunuch was seeking the Lord. He didn't understand. So Philip obeyed. Right? When the Holy Spirit told him to go, he went. And now all of a sudden the revelation came. Why? Because it's what I talked about, what? The word uh, heard, the word read, understood, and applied. See, if we don't understand, we can't apply the word to our lives. Right? So we have to have understanding of the word, which is why God has given us pastors and teachers to help us to understand these things. Right? This is why he's also given us the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? So now as we read and we're at home, we're studying, like I know we all do, right? When we're studying and we don't understand something, now we, we keep reading it over and over. Lord, help me. And then all of a sudden, the light bulbs come on. The gerbils start waking up and start running. Right? That's right. Yeah. My gerbils get going sometimes. Right? They just need a little touch by the Holy Spirit and then my gerbils get going. That's what you're trying to say, Lord. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Right, but that's why he's giving us the Holy Spirit to help us, right? And it just doesn't apply to when we're talking to somebody that's unsaved, but even when we're talking to Christians. Yeah. We've got to give them the word. Amen. We gotta, we're busy giving them knowledge mm. about the Bible and about the word instead of giving them the word. Yes. And the reason why many people go to seminary and fall off it's because they think they go to seminary it's going to draw them closer to God. It's not. Seminary is just going to get you knowledge of the Bible. That's it. You still got to spend time with the Lord. So on top of your normal studies, you still got to read the Bible. You still got to pray. You still got to worship. But most people don't do that. So that's why a lot of times people go to seminary and they come out not even serving God. Because they go under the wrong pretenses. Right? Or then we have these backyard Bible colleges at these churches. And what are they teaching? They're teaching their doctrine instead of teaching the word. So all we got to do is teach the word. Amen. All right. Uh, let's go to John uh, 15. So we got to remember, we, we, I mean, in order for us to bear fruit, uh, we got to abide in a true vine. We got to abide in his word. We got to abide in his presence. Right? And see, and I, I told you, it, 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 it's, it's, 
It takes both. It takes the word and then it takes our prayer too. Right? Sometimes we want to give more than the other. And then we start to become unbalanced. Right? And we got to be careful of that. I talked about it before. Right? We, everything can't be Holy Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. And then we're talking to somebody that's unsaved about the Holy Spirit. They don't know no matter where we get. And the Holy Spirit is God. So don't get me wrong. But I guarantee you, everybody, no matter what religion they are, they know Jesus. They've heard of Jesus. Right? But then we start talking to people and then we start going in la-la land. Sometimes we make stuff up as we go because we're going by our feelings and our emotions. Instead of just giving the word. Right? It's the word that's going to work. Right? Because, and that's how we could come to the fruition that they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting God when we give them the word. Right? That, 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 yeah. Because a lot of times we don't want to be rejected. So that's why we don't witness to people. We don't share Christ because most people don't want to be rejected. I don't know too many people who do, who do like to be rejected. Right? Which is why we got to give them the word. Amen. What did I say? John 15? All right. Um, all right. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, meaning he cleanses, right? So every branch that bears fruit, he, he, he prunes, he purges, he cleanses even more. We talked about that before. That it may do what? May it bear more fruit, right? So there's no such thing as a Christian that does not have fruit. If you don't have fruit, then you're not a Christian because you can't be in relationship with Christ. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Clean, and I talked about that, that, that word is a logos, but it's a spoken word, but it's, he's referring to his teachings. Which is vital why we have to get proper teaching on the word, not the knowledge. Not the knowledge about all these other things. Because the knowledge of these other things, I don't care if it's the Syrian dynasty or whatever, does not bring you closer to God. Right, but it's the knowledge of the word. We we have to understand the teachings of the word because it's the word that is alive. It's the word that's going to work in us. It is the word that's going to help us to grow. It's the word in us that's going to uh, cause us to mature. This is why we have a lot of immature Christians in the body of Christ because we're not getting the word. Why? Because a lot of times we're too lazy to read. Right? We're too lazy to study ourselves. We want somebody else to spoon feed us a lot of times. No, we still have to study on our own. Like I said, it's not my job to get you closer. <laughs> That's your responsibility. That's right. So when you stand before the Lord in heaven, well, Pastor didn't teach me, he didn't tell me how to do this. No, you got to study, yeah. you got to read. Now, some of us may study more than others. That's fine. But we still have to read our Bibles. Yeah. Right? How else can we understand and know that we are bearing a resemblance to Christ? Oh, I got the Holy Spirit in me. I talked about that before. Right? I got the Holy Spirit in me that's going to lead me and direct me. And tell me, well, like I told you before, the Scripture said the Holy Spirit is there to bring us a remembrance of the Word. Right? 
So we, we, we can't go so far off. But, and like I said, it is hard because we all know, we've all experienced, when it's time for us to read our Bible, we start to do what? Get tired. Those all. And then some believers, they just stop reading. Right? And then they start coming up with their own opinions on what things you know, I, and, I, and I talked about the uh, Facebook post that I responded to before. And, you know, it's funny. The person that I responded to, he never responded back to me. He responded to everybody else, but he didn't respond back. But he came back and posted something else. And, it, and I, I'm like, you know, it's amazing how you can't go to church, but then you can go to the club. But then you still, mm, something's wrong with that. Right? Something's wrong with that. But... And I'm, I'm not going to go further on this because, like I said, I wanted to keep it short so um, you all are able to, to grasp it. But we, we have to understand, you know, as we abide in a true vine, we develop more mercy. We become more long-suffering. We become more faithful. We, 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 we you know, all the fruit, we, we, we become more loving, Right? And, and again, it is hard on our flesh because there's times where we may not feel want to feel those things, right? Because we have emotions, right? And we live in the fallen world and we have this flesh. And our flesh is going to want to do contrary to the word. But we can't make excuses and we have to be sold out for Christ. And, and it's, it's like, and I believe it was Luke chapter 13 where he says to strive. Right? We have to make a purpose to strive, to, to want to do right, yes. and not make excuses on every time. And like I said, it doesn't mean you may not have a slip up here and there, so I'm not trying to say that. But again, if you have a slip up, there should be some conviction that comes in. Yes. That's right. Not that we're willfully doing things and, and are perfectly fine with it. No, because that tells me you're not reading the word. Right? But I pray, but you're not reading the Word. Because what's the reflection that you're seeing when you read the Word? Right? And, it, and, it, and, it's, and like I said, it's not easy. Right? So I'm here to tell you, I struggle with it too. Right? But we have to stop making excuses. And, and it's like I've always said. If God required obedience from the people in the Old Testament, yeah. and the people we just read about in Hebrews chapter 11... How much more are you going to require from us when we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us? Yes. It's more of an indictment against us. Because yes. we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So we should be stronger in our faith and our walk than they were. But we don't always see that when we, when we read in the Old Testament. Right? We have to, I'll just leave it at that. We have to strive. We have to strive. And it's a battle. It's a battle every single day. Yeah. Right? It's a battle every single day. Even if we don't even go out anywhere, even if we just stay home, it's a battle because we battle with thoughts and all sorts of things. We got to remember who the prince of the power of the air is. Right? He's inundated everything, television, radio. You know, you can even be watching a good show and then a bad commercial come on. The enemy knows what he's doing. And it's funny because I shared with my wife it was a highlight of uh, somebody doing their Hall of Fame speech and they kept going to 
They weren't showing all of his children. They showed the, the one that was a homosexual. Kept scanning on that. And it's like, why? Why aren't you showing his other kids? Because we become watered down to it, even through social media. Now we have access to see stuff that we wouldn't have seen years ago. You can actually see live murders that are happening. God doesn't want us to see those things. Why? Because that's going to pull us off the true vine. That's going to cause a wedge. Right? But it's readily available on all these social media, no matter what social media app we go to. It doesn't matter. It's all going to turn back. <laughs> Even if it's something that came out today, eventually it, it, Satan's going to get a hold of it. He knows what he's doing. But we have to be wise as serpents. But for some reason we're not. We're just fitting in. And then we, we're like, okay, I'll, I'll watch this. And we start watching videos over and over and over and over. And it's so much so, we're on that stuff more than we are the Word. That shouldn't be. We got enough to deal with in this world without any social media, without any TV, without any radio. We got enough right. to deal with. Amen. So now the enemy want to throw that stuff at us? We got to strive. Yes. We got to learn to say, nope, got to cut it off. Amen. Right? And it's not to say all those things that's on there is bad, but a lot of things, you're scrolling through the good stuff, and then all of a sudden, oh, and then guess what? Your flesh is going to gravitate. Oh, wait. Well, nobody's looking. <laughs> Hold on. Let me put my headphones on. <laughs> in case somebody in the house, let me put my headphones on. All right. Oh, that shouldn't be. See, if we can't watch it in front of other people, then maybe we don't need to be watching it. Because guess, guess who's seen it? Is looking through our eyes. That's right. Christ. That's right. Amen. He, he, he's, he's seeing it what we see. Amen. It's like Marshall talked about before. Our body's a recorder. It don't lie. <laughs> Amen. We'll stop there. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah.
Understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that's not what it's about. You better you better off just not going. Yeah. So like the heart that you need to do the works is the difference. Is that what you're saying? Like, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. So like when I think about works, I think about, and that is a form of works, but I think about like reading scripture, meditating on the word, praying, those are also works, fasting, those are works, but those are the things that personally do make me feel that I'm in tune. That's not what I'm talking about though. Okay, okay. So, right. so that's a part of helping us to abide okay. in Christ. So even the fasting, that's helping us to crucify our flesh, right? But I'm talking about just doing things outwardly and justifying ourselves with that. Okay. That's what I'm talking about, okay. right? But we're supposed to read the Word. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to worship and, and those things like that. Okay. So that's, yeah, so those things are causing us to buy. And now I'm not saying even those things, the works are not good, but that's not the basis on our relationship with the Lord. Right? But it's the fruit. And then as we have fruit, now we're going to want to do those things. Not only are we going to want to do those things, we're going to want to do it without an ulterior motive. That's mm -hmm. what I should add. Uh -huh. Because sometimes we can do those works and we have an ulterior motive behind it. But our, our, our love for the people is not really there. Understand? Yeah. Okay. I got you. works Sometimes I'm like, because I, I, I got the Bible app, and then I'll type my notes in there, 
and then it'll keep going. And then I know I got other reading assignments I got, and sometimes I'm like, Lord, all right, please stop. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just so much. Yeah. All right? But, you know, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> Thank you. Just be honest. <laughs> Thank you. It's just like today I was in the Home Depot, and uh, this older lady was looking, and she was, like, totally confused. I said, look, I'm an electrician. I can help you. She, and so I got her what she needed, and she goes, you did your good deed for today. <laughs> no, that was not the objective. It's just yeah. that, you know, mm -hmm. I had enough time where I was able to, you know, so I wasn't trying to do it so that I could score a brownie, right. a brownie point with God. Right, and that's good. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That's a good way to put it, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there's no brownie points with God. Yeah, and, 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 and that, that was the thing. Yeah, and that, that's what I should have said it, but it made it a little easier. But, yeah, we're not trying to get brownie, brownie points. So that goes back even to Michael. All these things they were doing, they were just going through the motions. Right. Their hearts wasn't in it. And God's saying, I, I'm not requiring all that. <clears throat> right? You can do all that, but your heart's not there. Yeah. And then what? We're supposed to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind. Right? Mike, these are things that we're supposed to do. Right? And again, that's a part of that striving. Right? Because it is a daily battle for us. And that's what we have to, you know, it's not to beat ourselves up with it, but it's a daily battle for us. And that we all are going through the battle. Right? So, and that's why I want to clear something. I don't want to make it seem like just because I say, oh, just buy it in the bond and that's it. If we're good. No. It takes work <laughs> on our part, too. Right? And, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, but it takes work because we have this flesh. Right? We have this flesh. And then we just have to show mercy. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I want my wife to show me mercy. <laughs>